doing. Doing first and not uh, overcomplicating it with uh, uh, with all kinds of uh, considerations and concerns. Right. R- really taking action, even if it, that if you know that this action isn't perfect or you don't have everything you need at once, you know that you'll have a second chance and a, and a third chance and a fourth chance. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by J Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. Another co-founder of a unicorn is joining us, Mid Nimrod Vax, co-founder and head of product at Big ID. He is experienced in enterprise product and a security executive and served in various capacities ranging from engineering, product, and business management. Prior to founding Big ID, Nimrod served as VP Product Management, Product Line Manager for CA Identity Management Product Line, and as an advisor to security startups in the area of identity management and user behavior analytics. Nimrod Vax, co-founder and head of product of Big ID. How are you today? Good morning. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Thank you for joining me. Um, Nimrod, six years ago, seven years ago, co-founded Big ID, um, one, of the, one of the most impressive companies in the Israel ecosystem. I believe you raised around $250 million, uh, unless I'm not updated anymore. <laughs> but, but tackling the question of customer privacy and customer data and uh, and looking at regulations in the growing market, obviously this is something that that is new that the world has not had to experience. You know, even ten or fifteen years ago, uh, especially not to this extent. So so we're talking about a really emerging market with a growing need, uh, and and there's a lot for us to talk about. But what I'd love to to talk before we get to Big ID, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you get to co-found Big ID about six or seven years ago. So first of all, it was like five years ago. It, sound, it, it seems uh, like a longer time, but it's really been about five years. Um, uh, so it all the kind of uh, started, I was uh, at the time living in Boston. I was uh, head of product or VP product for CA's identity management product line. Um, so dealing with um, uh, provisioning of user accounts, user access management, who has access to what. Um, single sign-on, those were kind of the products that I was uh, responsible for. Um, I came, I, I started very uh, early, uh, very, sorry, very late in the high-tech market, only when I was kind of in, in my 30s. Um, and, um, and so uh, I wasn't really uh, feeling that, <clears throat> that I was uh, ready to start a company. But uh, after uh, a couple of years at CA, it was really uh, uh, becoming apparent that uh, you know, I could uh, I could get, be very successful uh, starting something on my own, and uh, and so uh, kind of uh, in around uh, 2014, I left CA. Prior to leaving CA, I met my co-founder uh, Dimitri, who just sold his last company to CA. Uh, now, company why, called Layer Seven. What, what was you know what, what was your conviction at that moment where which led you to feel okay? Maybe maybe I can actually go about a, an interesting route myself. What what was it about you know your day to day that gave you this impression? Well, you know, uh, so I was uh, at CA. CA was a very big uh, company, and I've learned learned a lot at CA. Got exposed to large markets, to large customers, um, international markets. Uh, flew mm-hmm. to Japan, flew to to Europe a lot, uh, and and um, APJ Korea, uh, Singapore. 
And one of the things that um, we were able to do at the CA, me and kind of my, my friends from, uh, from the business unit, was to uh, go out and define a new market. Uh, so we actually took a, a very old product called uh, Host Access Control, um, which was uh, kind of um, very Unix-centric, very old, and uh, pivoted towards um, a, a newer market called uh, Privileged Identity Management. So starting to compete with what were then very successful startups like CyberArk and, um, um, and doing it uh, quite successfully. And, and uh, after doing that, we said, you know, oh shit, I mean, why am I doing it for such a large company? I should have done it for myself. Um, and so um, I started thinking and looking around and it kind of um, made a decision that I really want to, to start something on my own. Um, and, uh, and kind of that was kind of the, the deciding moment. And after a few years at, uh, um, in Boston, I kind of met a lot of uh, people, uh, a lot of friends that uh, had startups in the area, got more involved in the startups, local startup scene. Um, met a few investors here and there. And so I felt like, uh, you know, it's really up to me to uh, make that move and, and, and succeed. Um, and so yeah. as you are thinking about making this move, you know, go back maybe to, to, to that moment. What, what did you feel like you had to do to make that jump? Because leaving a large company where you're, what I'm hearing, you say you're, you were very successful and you're advancing and you're, you're feel, you know, you're, you're in a rate of success. So, it's pretty scary to just jump the boat and start something of your own. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, it was very exciting at the CA, but uh, the, the last uh, year at CA, it, uh, you know, started becoming more difficult, and you've kind of uh, kind of feel the the barriers of these uh, large companies. Very right. frustrated with being able to uh, uh, to deliver new um, innovative software, and it's really not about the uh, engineering side or the uh, um, or, or the development side. Uh, it's it's the end-to-end -end, um, uh, ability to support uh, new products uh, in sales, in support. Uh, the customers are expecting much more mature solutions from a company like uh, like that. Um, so it's uh, so it, uh, apart from being very frustrating, it I kind of uh, felt more um, um, uh, like there is a real opportunity, and uh, those big companies can't really compete with small startups. And so these two things, kind of the, on one hand, the frustration I felt internally, and, and on the other hand, you know, I saw all of those successful companies and the opportunity out there and people, you know, getting funded. Uh, it kind of uh, was kind of the, 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 the tipping point for me. And um, so I'm, I'm going to already jump to, to, the other, to the other end. So today, uh, Big ID, I believe, has uh, just over 350 employees, j just according to, to what I found okay. on LinkedIn. What, what are you taking with you from your previous experiences that you're saying now that you're growing a large company, this is not this is not a startup. This is now, a, a, you know, one of the bigger companies in the Israel ecosystem. What are you taking from those experiences into the culture of Big ID to foster this sense of innovation and movingness, so that other people in your position back then wouldn't go and say, okay, maybe we'll just go start something of our own. No, first of all, it's still very much a startup. So um, uh, we're still very much uh, about uh, getting and uh, getting out there with new products and new capabilities and uh, kind of competing and defining a new market that is not uh, really well defined yet. Mm -hmm. So it's very much a startup investing a lot more in, 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 in um, uh, building that market, building products, building a sales force. So a, a lot of investment still flows into the uh, into the company all the time. 
Um, so it's very much a startup um, kind of um, environment. Uh, what I took away from, uh, from, from my years at the, in corporate America, of course, is the understanding of big customers and their needs. Um, and understanding uh, how, you know, what needs, what you need to be successful. So on one hand, it's a very, very laser focus on what the customers need and understanding um, their, their, their uh, problems and how they need to solve those problems because these big organizations have their own limitations and have their own dynamics and you need to factor that into the product. Um, uh, and, and how an enterprise sales team is uh, compensated right. and how it works. All of these are learnings that, that I couldn't have gotten anywhere else yes. other than in a company like that. On the other hand, I know, you know uh, about a couple of other things that you have to get right. For example, you have to get the product deployed. You cannot wait and just sell and be happy with it. You need the product to be immediately deployed and the customers using it and, and, and valuing it. Uh, and getting value out of it, which is super, uh, super important. So that's kind of the number one uh, uh, kind of lesson uh, that I take uh, from this, this, this large kind of enterprise market. And the other thing is how to watch out for uh, small uh, competitors, right? Because there's always kind of a creeping up from beneath of companies. Uh, and even as a startup, there are always these um, early stage companies that just got funded uh, that have some kind of a promise um, um, that are looking at what you've done and are looking at what's um, what you've uh, haven't focused on and start start focus on that. And so there's always a constant need to be alert and be uh, uh, and understand what your competitors uh, are doing, uh, so that uh, you don't uh, you don't stay behind, right? A hundred percent. Okay. So, so Nimrod, you're addressing an over $200 billion market, a growing market. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that you're alluding to also is that we're seeing a proliferation of companies that are dealing with, with similar issues because these are really cool issues that are only really relevant uh, since uh, customers have been doing data-driven customer journey approaches in this in the last 10 years or so, or 15 years maximum. So tell me a little bit about the space that you're in and, and then how big ID is, is placed within this ecosystem. Yeah, sure. So, so like you said, right, over the past 10, 15 years, uh, companies have been building their business on data. They have been yeah. collecting unlimited amounts of data. They were using big data technologies to basically reduce any limitation on the amount of data they can collect and process. Um, and as a result, uh, companies have not been doing any deleting of data. They have only been uh, collecting and collecting. Um, and it reached a point where um, no single person in the organization, especially in large organizations, but also in, in smaller organizations, um, know exactly what data you have. Um, each business unit is collecting its own data. Uh, you'll have a flurry of different marketing and data analytics um, uh, tools in the organization, even in an organization as big as Big ID, we're already seeing different uh, groups and different people collecting and using data. Um, so, so a large amount of data, organizations as a whole don't really know their data. And what happened over the past five or, or 10 years is that um, um, there were a lot of breaches. Uh, and there are a lot of uh, scandals around uh, using of the data and, uh, and kind of it, be it became a more of a public uh, issue. 
Um, and and uh, consumers are becoming more aware of the need for privacy and the implications of lack of privacy. And as a result, uh, legislation for privacy uh, became um, uh, kind of abundant, right? And it started right. with the European GDPR and then uh, the, the California Consumer Privacy Act. And you have legislation in Brazil and in uh, the UK and in Australia and, and uh, India and Japan. So all around the world, you see legislations that are now uh, almost like uh, accounting for finances are requiring accounting for data. And the organizations simply were not prepared. Uh, they did not have any um, kind of global visibility into their data. And this is really the gap that Big ID came to fill, to give organizations visibility into their data, to help them know their data, connect to all of their data sources, catalog all the data that they have, classify the data so they know what type of data they have, correlate that data back to their consumers or their employees or their business parties or whatever they manage uh, as, as a business entity, and then give them visibility into that, the ability to take action on top of that data with applications, with an open API that they can now take action uh, on the data that they have, whether it's for better protection of the data, uh, whether it's to get more value out of the data, or whether it's in order to comply with the privacy regulations and be able to address those needs and, and build trust with their, uh, with their customers. Um, right. That was really so, um, the big challenge. You know, Companies are, you know, they're very horizontal. You have a lot of different functions that are collecting different data from the marketing to the engineering to the, to, to the different data science teams that are, that are looking at data in different ways. And so where is Big, how does Big ID actually get into the pipeline of the enterprise and who are the stakeholders that are actually then using the data to come up with some interesting action items to go forth understanding now what the company is actually doing with all its data? So uh, uh, over the course of our kind of uh, short history, where there have been uh, different kind of stakeholders uh, that we've seen more dominant than others. Um, in, in, when it comes to privacy and privacy regulation, typically the privacy office, um, which sit under the legal office, uh, are the, were the first ones to kind of define the need and tell the organization, hey, you know, thou shall comply with GDPR, CCPA, et cetera. Um, and that kind of uh, was a, a top-down uh, directive, typically at the board level. So the board was, was really directing this uh, action. thing is that the privacy office, they don't really have a budget, and they're not an operational group. They're like the, the Knesset, right? They, they legislate rules for you to, to, uh, to take action on. And so um, um, and the, the, the two main groups that were uh, required to really take ownership of that solution and, and, and perform the, those uh, directives were typically either coming from the security organization, those are the CISO, uh, or from the, uh, a new type of organization that we're seeing more and more come up, which is the chief data officer. Chief data officer um, is, are kind of the librarians of the data in the organization, right? They need to organize all the data to know where the data is located so that they can make it accessible to other groups, typically the anal data analytics groups, um, finance groups, marketing groups. So they have a, a very clear visibility into the data. There are standards around how the data is defined. Uh, it's a fairly new uh, um, uh, group right. or market. And so uh, these are kind of the the two uh, uh, constituents that's, uh, that, that Big ID um, typically deals with uh, from that perspective. 
Um, and, and tell me a little bit about the company itself. So you're mentioning that that it's a startup, and I think it is an important distinction because I'm coming in from an outsider and approach, and I'm saying, wow, 350 people. I'm imagining the, all, all these different structures that are that are now de-risking the company. Yet here, the, as the co-founder and head of product, you're saying, no, 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 we're still we're still a startup, and we're still trying out a, a, a bunch of different things. Tell me a little bit about the culture that you have at Big ID, um, uh, which which I guess is is an interesting uh, phenomena because we, we don't yet have many Israeli companies that have really reached this many employees. And so it's, it's an interesting inflection point. Look, the, the fundamental thing is that Big Idea is uh, investing more and more and more in the business and continuously growing, right? So you're always in a struggle to hire people and to hire the right people. Um, it's always about uh, adding more activities, more products, uh, more, uh, more uh, uh, sales geographies, more sales plays. It's always uh, about extending what you have. Um, and uh, it's uh, less about, uh, currently at least, uh, it, uh, although we do care about efficiencies, we're more focused on the top line and, and really land grab, right? A kind of approach of reaching as many customers as we can. Um, and that reflects uh, uh, across the board on, on, the, um, uh, on the culture, right? Uh, First of all, you know, and we our our core kind of um, values are really about uh, we call care, do, and try. What it means is care about the customer. Look at the customer. What does the customer want? And take care of that customer all right. through that journey of sales and then deployment and uh, and renewal. Uh, so that's a very clear focus. Customer wins on every uh, conversation. We all work for the customer. And that also uh, kind of eliminates a lot of uh, internal barriers or conversations or, you know, when people are, don't agree, you know, we ask the customer, we see what the customer needs. And that, uh, in many cases, uh, help us um, really focus on what we need to do, even when we're doing a whole lot of things at once. The other thing is being very action driven, doing, doing first and not uh, over complicating it with uh, uh, with all kinds of uh, considerations and concerns, right. really taking action, even if it, that if you know that this action isn't perfect or you don't have everything you need at once, you know that you'll have a second chance and a, and a third chance and a fourth chance. So doing it iteratively, uh, mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to um, uh, to product, it's releasing as 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 fast as we can, knowing that uh, we'll have more iterations and more chances to improve. Uh, and if there isn't um, enough interest from the customer, then, you know, we may switch or we, we may do other things. But um, don't be concerned about, uh, about uh, you know, not doing. Uh, trying is another aspect of it. It's kind of the other side of that coin, which means that, you know, we're not afraid to try and go out and, and, and challenge new markets, uh, even if, uh, if we, we might fail or everybody else thinks that, uh, that we might fail. Uh, we started Big ID, we entered into a mature market, right? There were big players. Data security was there for 10, 15 years. You know, when we started Big ID and we looked for funding, many of the security investors looked at us and said, you know, who needs to know who the data belongs to? You know, right. because it wasn't a factor in cybersecurity. Who, who is, whose social security is this? Or who cares right. whose social security is this? You need to protect it. But for privacy and for data analytics and for getting more value out of the data, you really know, need to know whose data it is. So we, and, and we, um, we said, you know, we're going to do something different. 
we're going to offer a solution, you know, 10 years of DLP, failed projects. That's one of the other things that was scary initially for the customers, that it's a hard problem to solve. We said, we're going to solve that problem in a different way. Um, so we tried and, uh, and, and, and we succeeded. You know, in some areas we failed. In some areas we had to, to uh, kind of recalculate. But trying is a really important thing. And, and across the organization, you know, we, are, we never punish anyone for trying or failing. That's not the point. The point is that uh, even if you fail, you learn from it and you uh, change course and you're flexible enough to change course and to do what needs to be done. And I think those are kind of the, the core things that, uh, that uh, make, us, uh, make us special. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, um, it's, it's important to also enjoy the, the journey, right? If, uh, you can't really be very good at something if you don't enjoy it. And that's a, that's a very important aspect uh, as well of our company. A hundred percent. Nimrod, thank you for taking the time to share with me uh, both your own journey as well as uh, that of Big ID and, and the culture inside. I, I, I have a few last questions and I want to take you back now to, to Nimrod a little bit earlier to your childhood before Big ID, before uh, CA. What, what really fascinated you? What, what drove your curiosity when you were a kid? Well, uh, you know, I told you that I started late uh, my, my journey. You know, yeah. I was, uh, as a kid, I was fascinated by uh, airplanes <laughs> and by uh and by space and and uh and so uh i spent uh, kind of that my childhood there and uh, i then uh you know was was fortunate enough to to uh, also uh be a pilot for a certain period of time which uh, very very soon i understood that it's not my career for the long term but at least that was really what drove me but um Throughout my childhood, I was always uh, with building things with Lego, building things with uh, <laughs> with with computers at some point, uh, you know, uh, skateboard with sails and uh, and things like that. That was really my my passion. Um, and uh, yeah, and and later on, I kind of. Um, um, I was always uh, I was always good at math, so I figured, you know what, uh, if, if I'm not going to be a pilot as a career, maybe I'll do something in computer science, and that's how I got into high tech. Amazing. And and what inspires you today on a day by day basis as you go about your work and personal life? I think that um, you know the one person that you probably hear a lot that inspires me is Elon Musk. Right and his uh, is is uh, kind of limitless uh, uh, approach and um, his uh, kind of ability uh, uh, to um, go out there and do whatever he wants, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that uh, you know to me that's that's inspiring, limitless, and that's kind of the essence of trying. I think uh, of uh, th- there is really nothing that you um, you cannot do, right? Um, and, um, and you just need to be focused on it. You need to get the right people to help you build it. Um, and, uh, and you need to be flexible and be able to correct course and learn. And, uh, and, and, and if you do that, it, you, you know, there's nothing that can stop you. Um, Amazing. And what are three words you would use to describe yourself? Oh, that's a, that's a tough, uh, tough question. I actually been thinking about it ever since you phrased it. I think, look, I think that, uh, the, you know, the, the values of the company really describe uh, kind of my, my motto, right? Uh, caring, uh, 
caring, doing, and trying, right? And that is uh, really uh, the core of, uh, uh, I think, that describes uh, my my um, personality. I think it also describes my uh, co-founders, my partner's personality, and that's uh, that's why it kind of uh, um, got into our uh, our core values of the company. Uh, yeah, so those are kind of... Nimrod, thank you very, very much. Best of luck with the rest of the journey for Big Idea. I know it's just the beginning, uh, but, but it sounds amazing. And thank yep. you for taking the time to sit with me. Thank you. Thank you. 